Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance. This is your host, Mark Miller. In today's broadcast, I talk with Sarah Basso, the Executive Director of OWASP. What does it take to run an organization with 43,000 members in 160 different countries? Our discussion centers around how best Sarah and her staff can support the membership. Currently, the executive director for the OWASP Foundation. I do a lot of different things, as our staff, all of our staff members do. We only have six paid staff members for the entire global foundation, so we all end up wearing a lot of different hats. Right now, I'm in the process of helping with AppSec USA. I had previously been overseeing our global conferences, and so helping with all of them. We recently hired a new global conference manager, so I'm transitioning the job to her, and I am working heavily with AppSec USA this year as it is our biggest fundraiser of the year and biggest event. From the executive director perspective, I do a lot of different things as well. Work a lot with the staff on using the strategic goals set by the board of directors to determine what our direction as staff is going to be in terms of our priorities, budgeting, tactical goals, and then work on managing all of our different programs and figuring out how the budgeting and fund allocation is going to work. Um, that can be a little bit tricky with a global organization. We not only want to have a sustainable business model, but make sure that we're fulfilling our mission and supporting different regions of the world. Right now, uh, most of our income is from supporters and events in the U.S. and Europe, but we have outreach in every area of the world, so we want to make sure that we're able to support the volunteers in those regions. Um, I also do a lot of community relation and outreach, trying to talk to organizers of other conferences, of other other security organizations, some media and press to make sure that I'm building visibility about OWASP as a whole and what we're trying to accomplish. And finally, um, I do work with the staff to do HR-related things to supervise, manage, evaluate performance, make sure that all of those needs are being met. You know, if I picked up the phone and <laughs> I was to call you, why would I call you? Why would people be approaching you for OWASP? People approach me for any variety of reasons. I think I am a general a general contact point to make sure that they get to, to the right person that they want to talk to, be that a board member, um, someone that's a project leader, another member of our staff. Probably the most frequently I get phone calls about setting up contracts and entering into relationships with other organizations, as well as trying to just understand certain things about the organization. The dilemma for me, if I was in your position, is you've got 43,000 members. You've mm -hmm. got 160 countries. How, how can you possibly handle that? It's a lot to try and support. Um, I think what our goal as a staff and what my vision is, is that we have 
a lot of scalable solutions that can support self-help by the community. So we're coming up with templates and modules that we can put out to the community and say, this worked in these contexts, and we hope that you'll be able to use this to build marketing and community relationships in your specific region. We also try to have a flexible support team, which is why the staff is so important. I mean, we we have software that helps us, but ultimately as staff, we really try to understand the different needs of each region and make adaptations to our policies to accommodate what what's important to them. One of the things that has been useful for me in the past is the outreach program that you're talking about where you can actually find specific pockets of people in these isolated regions that are really, really hardcore evangelists for OWASP. One of the things that you guys are working on is being able to tie those smaller groups together with online broadcasts and things like that. We, we've been working a lot with some of the virtual participation. Um, we have a webinar that we do every two weeks, and we're trying to get project leaders and other people from the community in to do presentations. We also have kind of a global chapter meeting that one of our volunteers has been really facilitating, which is the same thing you would hopefully experience at an in-person chapter meeting, but you participate virtually. We can also make those recordings available free of charge to anyone to watch whenever they want through YouTube or Vimeo or sources like that. We also are working on trying to set up an online portal for community members where they would be able to log in and access information that we have in our Salesforce database related to people involved in each chapter or project, also learn what benefits are available to them as members. Corporate supporters would also be able to use something like this to understand what, what they're getting for their money and how, where their money is going. So that's something um, we're hoping to roll out in 2014. What's the hardest part of your job? I mean, you've got a lot on your plate there. You know, the hardest part of my job is I get between two and 300 emails just to me, not on mailing lists every day and a variety of different phone calls and requests. And there are from volunteers that are putting in their their hard-earned time and really feel passionate about the organization. And so I want to get back to them in a timely fashion with the information they need. Unfortunately, that's not always possible within the time restraints that I have in my mind. I mean, I think a 48-hour turnaround on an email would be ideal, but that doesn't always happen with one person trying to field the different emails. So I think the hardest part is sometimes I feel like I'm letting those volunteers down or not showing them how much they're appreciated by the community proportional to my response time or availability to give back to them and show them how much they're appreciated. The membership is so large, it's mind-boggling when I first heard those numbers. 
Yeah, I think um, I think overall, like we want to create better solutions for showing recognition to our volunteers, and it's something we've been brainstorming and trying to come up with solutions, such as the um, Mozilla has this open badges program, and we're trying to figure out how that could work for OWASP, and we have some volunteers that have been working on the behind-the-scenes development of it, as well as some marketing volunteers putting together some badge icons. We just have a lot of different ideas, but implementing that, again, for a global population is a long-term process and not something that we can implement right now. Right now is when we'd like to tell the volunteers how much we appreciate them. When you're looking at the Optimum uh, chapter group, what are the what are the three or four things that if everybody could do it, you think that it would help them run their chapter better? I think there are a few things. Number one, having a consistent, frequent meeting, I think makes a big difference. It doesn't matter if you start out with five people or 20 people or 100 people, having a consistent, regular like once a month place for people to plug in to have discussions about software security or see a talk about security or even do a study group or work on, do hands-on work on an OWASP project. This kind of sense of community that they built in their local region really is what I think leads to success. The other things I think they do well is the marketing piece. They use social media. They do outreach to other local organizations. They ask their their local membership to help spread the word about the meetings. And so they really utilize the resources that they have. And those aren't fi- always financial resources. It's just the interest in the cause and the mission. One of the things that I've seen come through the the newsletter in the news groups recently was the idea of not having a formal meeting as much as having a social meeting, a get together in a bar somewhere and people show up. Is anybody mm-hmm. following up on that? How's that one working out? Um, I actually think it's doing well. And I think one thing I've seen with chapters around the world is different structures for chapter meetings work better for different regions. At some places where there's a large commute time, having a smaller meetup closer to where people live is successful. Also, I've seen lunchtime meetups work well. The social, the event, the idea of bringing to get people together for a social activity, I think is also a great idea. And especially when it's mixed in with more content-driven meetings. I think we tried it here in the Bay Area where I live, um, and it was really successful. Um, I know the Austin chapter has had success with a more social kind of study group. The New York chapter has had quite a few social meetups, especially surrounding AppSec USA and trying to get volunteers together to just kind of talk about what they're excited about and get the word out. I think that it's a great idea, but it just, you can't necessarily have all of one format. It's, you got to have a mixture. In order for you to be in the position that you are, you have to have presented a future vision to the board. Do you have a a very clear vision of where you want to take OWASP in the future? I have a vision of where I want to take them, yes. I think I should start this by saying 
I think there's a clear vision, but you also have to have room for flexibility because we are a growing, fluid, changing organization. And what worked for us a year ago or two years ago doesn't always work for us now. And so part of my vision is that I think we have goals, but we also need to be open to change and know that a year or two from now, we might have different needs. Um, my vision though is for OWASP to do more with our outreach and speaking out kind of not preaching to the choir is so much. I think we need to support our current community members and give them better recognition for their volunteer efforts, but also do more outside the echo chamber, talking to people that um, like developers that haven't heard about software security and aren't implementing certain procedures and don't have the education and people that haven't heard of OWASP before. I also think that OWASP really needs to think about how to create a long-term sustainable funding model. And I think you talked a little bit with Samantha about that, but we, we need funding for a lot of different things worldwide, ranging from staff to software to helping our volunteers that want to go do outreach but can't necessarily afford their own travel or print marketing materials. And so we need to diversify where we're getting our income and make sure that we have the money to support these different operations. So I've been working a lot with um, all of our different staff on brainstorming ideas for fundraising and figuring out how we can allow people around the world to plug into these funding sources. One of my other, I guess, visions is um, gets back to the idea of creating a self-support system for OWASP where we have our staff, but we also have more scalable solutions that allow people to plug in and help themselves to learn to spread the word on their own time and availability. Uh, volunteers have, have sometimes have an hour now and two days a year from now, but they won't know how much time they have. So we need to create a way for them to come in, help us as an organization, help themselves learn, regardless of how much time they have to commit or how much um, money they have. With tens of thousands of members, it seems to me that part of the plan is to support different constituents in different ways. I'm just curious, what are you seeing as a differentiator between the different regions? I think the different regional needs have to do, number one, with budget. I mean, like I said before, the um, in the U.S. and European regions, we're seeing a lot more money coming in from sponsors and Individuals and organizations have more money to spend on things like training and have, I guess, a greater interest in that as well. So at our conferences, we're seeing higher attendance numbers, more participation in training, bigger sponsorship levels to sustain activities throughout those regions. When you get to Latin America and the Asia-Pacific regions, part of, part of the community changes because of the geographic and demographic changes. You don't necessarily have the same consistent languages and cultural needs. And geographically, it's not quite as 
easy to get from one place to the other and they don't necessarily have the money to do that. So you have the remote participation that becomes even a bigger deal there. And when we're planning our conferences, we want a way for people to plug in at a lower a lower cost level. And we have to look at things like translation much more heavily. Demographically, it's also interesting to see, we recently had a conference in South Korea and there are more people at the CISO and management level attending those conferences than maybe the developer or security tester level. So I think the type of audience we're accommodating um, needs to be considered as well. And if we want to get outside the echo chamber, that will mean different things in different regions. So we have to look at that as well. Have you guys looked at the DevOps days model, something like that? Well, we have um, conferences and events on multiple different levels. We have our four global AppSec conferences each year. And the goals of those conferences are fundraising for support of our global foundation and mission outreach. But then we have regional and local events that are a smaller scale and much, I would say, similar to the DevOps days model. And those are put on by local chapters and sometimes regional groups of chapters. And those are smaller and more accommodating to the region. And the goal on those is not necessarily fundraising the foundation. It really is to spread the mission of the organization and raising awareness and education about software security. The local chapters do make money on those conferences in a lot of cases, but once again, it's to support that local region as opposed to the foundation at a global level. So what do you want to leave people with? If you could say something (laughs) to all of the membership at once, what would it be? Well, I think I would just really encourage our membership and volunteers to realize and engage in what OSP has to offer. A lot of people ask, what can I do? Where can I get involved? Do I have to wait for an okay to do this or an authorization to do that? OWASP is really a model where we want people to just jump in and get going. The wiki, all you have to do is set up an account and you're ready to edit almost all of our pages. So we really want people to jump in and just get started. If there's a regional or um, local conference you want to plan or a chapter you want to start or a project you want to get involved with, just jump in. This isn't, this isn't, we try not to have too much red tape. Um, as an organization, we we want to have some structure so people know what the organization's about and present a professional, unified vision. But we also want people to be able to just do what they're interested in. Yeah, and I can verify that fact, too. Just from the projects that I've worked on here, there is no, I would say, central control where it's coming from the top down. Each of these projects is virtually autonomous. Right. And I think, well, we have we do have some structure with the staff and Samantha works with projects to help them. And Kelly works with membership and sponsorships. And Kate and I do operate. She does our operations, a lot of things with our software. And I do a variety of things with different outreach 
But when it comes down to it, the chapters really are self-organized and self-run by volunteers as well as the projects. And we're trying to do that with more initiatives that aren't necessarily tied to chapters and projects. So if there's something you want to do for OWASP, I mean, the best thing to do is just start doing it. Create a wiki page and certainly let us know how us as in the staff, how know how we can help you. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance.